0: This program on AM 1170 The Answer is sponsored by Allied Media Group. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K.
1: K-show. that's the second time that I've heard my new intro. And I think I just love it each more each time I hear it. <laughs> I'm a power load. Am I really? I don't know. I like to think so. That's what, that's what my detractors have to say anyway. But I don't think I have too many detractors listening to the show. Because I think that those of you who tune in to hear what I have to say kind of agree with me. Maybe not, though. Anyway, thanks for being with me tonight. Right here from uh, the beautiful... Southern California studios of KCBQ, AM 1170, The Answer. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. Friend me on Facebook, like my fan page. I'm also on Instagram. No, I'm not on Snapchat, Tinder, any of those others, because, Lord have mercy, who has time to do anything beyond even Facebook, let alone all those other ones? So, Oh, don't forget my website, AndreaKShow.com. I've got some blog posts that I've been working on that I'm going to be putting up there, because there's just so much to talk about. I mean, it's such a crazy political se- uh, season going on that we don't even get a weekend off. We had primaries over the weekend, just, you know, results coming out the wazoo, just scandals kind of erupting, you know, within these elections, just so much to talk about. and But really kind of what it all kind of has boiled down to, On the Republican side, not both sides. You know, I'm hearing that, oh, it's all about the anti-establishment, anti-Washington, anti-government on both sides. Well, not really, because when the Democrats are fighting over increased government in the form of socialism, that's not really an anti-government message going on over in the left. But clearly, that's what's happening on the right. At least that's the message that is being sent by the right to Washington, and they continue to refuse to hear it. They don't want to hear it. You know, last week I talked about how they keep referring to the Republican voters and those who are voting for Trump and Cruz as rebellious. They're rebelling as though we're children who are, are saying that we, you know, it's it's childlike or childish to want to vote for an outsider. Well, no, it's not childish. In fact, the, the people who are rebelling and stomping their feet is the GOP establishment because they don't want to accept any responsibility and they certainly don't want to do anything different. You know, after after they had an abysmal failure in 2008 of a campaign with John McCain, they had all kinds of excuses for why McCain lost. And that then when we saw the first two years of President Obama, the Tea Party, remember those Tea Party rallies? The Tea Party which stood for taxed enough already. It was a limited government message. The Tea Party, that the Republican establishment allowed the left to paint as racist, even though it wasn't. It was a movement of Republicans, Democrats, and Independents. The Tea Party gave control of the House because at that point, the first two years... Of President Obama's reign as a dictator, he had full control. He had the House, he had the Senate, and he had the White House. That's why the left, when they talk about the Republican Party being obstructionist and he couldn't get everything he wanted, they had everything. So the Tea Party gives the House of Representatives to the Republican establishment. And what did they do? They squandered it. Because all spending comes from the House. There was much that they could do, and they did nothing with it. Their answer was, their excuse was, after they marginalized all the Tea Party officials that, that gave them the House, these Tea Party candidates who won and ran, ran and won. So control of the House went to the Republican Party, and they said, oh, that's not enough. You don't understand. Harry he Reid's the problem. we got to have the Senate. Okay, so the Republican Party ends up being given the Senate. In the fall of 2014, still what happened as a result? And and not only were they given control of both houses, specifically the message that was sent to the Republican Party was two things. It was about Obamacare and it was about the overreach of the executive, President Obama, through the executive orders and amnesty. And what did the Republican Party do? They turned right around and funded everything that President Obama wanted. So then this morning, fast forward to now. And, you know, we've got, you know, as we're in fast forward, as we're in the middle of this race and the Republican Party accusing us, anybody who wants an outsider, which is Trump Cruz voters and, and supporters as as childish, childish is refusing to accept responsibility on the news this morning is McCarthy saying, well, you know what? The problem isn't us that, you know, we the, the problem is we got to have the White House now. So now that's the excuse that they gotta go, they, we, they have to have every branch in order to be able to get anything done. Well, you know what? The last time that the Republican party had all branches of government, they had the House, they had the Senate, and they had the White House, it was under George W. Bush. And I b- have been critical of George W. Bush, just like Trump was critical of George W. Bush because, like I said last week, I don't put my hand over my heart and pledge allegiance to any party or any politician. I pledge allegiance to ideas and spe- specifically the idea of what this country was founded on. And what happened under President President Bush was we had a large expansion of government. We had Department of Homeland Security. We had an expansion of government in, in the form of, remember, the Greedy Geezer Bill? We had um, – you know, he he contributed to the housing bubble, which ended up causing a tremendous – Um, hurt on our economy he did not roll back regulations like he should have did he increase the regulations like president obama ended up doing no but he didn't do anything to to roll back regulations he gave us he's the one who started the auto bailout and the wall street bailout in fact i have said many times i don't really know why the left hates jordan and trillions of dollars spent in the war on terror of which we have absolutely have the 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 right, if not the obligation, to do an autopsy on that spending, an autopsy on that foreign policy and those decisions, and to see what it got us. How can we learn? How can we do better? How can any Republican who's on the campaign trail right now restore us back to the constitutional republic that we are, including a reduction in spending, if we don't do that, if we don't learn? But the Republican Party basically says you don't have a right to criticize George W. Bush. Shame on you for criticizing the Republican Party in general. And if you do, you're just you're just a a bunch of children. And then even worse, McCarthy goes on today and adopts President Obama's excuses. President Obama, when he took office, said, I'm going to turn this economy around within two years or I won't deserve to be reelected. In fact, he even hinted, I think, at the time in the interview that he wouldn't even run for reelection. Re- of course he did. because. And then his excuses became, well, it just would have been so much worse under me. He couldn't, he couldn't tout in, uh, higher employment and increased jobs because he didn't have any. We have the lowest job participation rate in 50 years. He's just, he's done everything he could to destroy the economy and the increase in spending. So what is what did Obama do? Oh, well, it could have been worse. If it hadn't been for my big bailout dollars, you know, we would have been in a depression. A big bailout, which was basically not a whole lot different than what, you know, Bush's bailouts, the auto bailout and the Wall Street bailout involved. And that's exactly what what the... Talk track started in on today. Oh, well, no, we don't really have any specific accomplishments, uh, McCarthy goes on to say. But just think it it could have been so much worse. We stopped it from being even worse than what it was with President Obama. If you look inside, if you're just tuning in, by the way, this is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, KCBQ. If you look at and do an autopsy of the South Carolina primaries you don't really need to be wringing your hands and gnawing bone and trying to figure out what went wrong because you know so many people are, you know are are trying to figure that out today well I, we just don't understand people are just it is just schizophrenic going on in South Carolina how could these people you know be voting like they did well you get inside the polls and to me a couple of really key things went down in South Carolina first of all the immediate hand-wringing was Those evangelicals aren't very Christian, are they? Because you can't be Christian and vote for Trump, which to me is, first of all, I had to even Google this weekend what an evangelical was because I grew up, I became a Christian at 13. I grew up in the Bible belt, never heard that word, heard that word before my entire life. And you Google it and you find out that there's some organization called the NAE, the National Association of Evangelicals. It gives gives you the criteria of whether or not you're an evangelical. I'm not interested in their criteria. I'm not interested in their label. I'm not interested in being a membership in their club. I'm not interested. I am a Christian. The only definitions I'm interested in are in the Bible. I don't need man to be telling me what the the definition of my faith is and how I should be categorized. To me, that is just more of the the left and their identity politics game. And the Republican Party has bought into that with the evangelicals. You are an evangelical if you think this way. And therefore, we're going to pander to you and we're going to use, you know, words on the campaign trail. And if we use these certain words on the campaign trail, then we've automatically got your vote. And that's one one reason why so many people were scratching their head after South Carolina because Trump won those votes. Oh, how could how could they vote for him? How unchristian! Twenty years ago, he was for partial birth abortion. He said, you know, in a recent debate, the Planned Parenthood did some good things for women. That's that you know uh, that should be all it should take to get you to vote for Ted Cruz because Ted Cruz says he's pro life and Ted Cruz says. You know, he wants to defund Planned Parenthood. Oh, that's it. It's all a Christian needs to hear to get the vote. Actually, Christians are concerned like everybody else, top two things national security and economics. Of the top issues in which South Carolina primary voters voted, terrorism got the highest at thirty two percent. We know as Christians we're not gonna get probably everything we want out of a candidate, so we gotta look at the priorities of what we're facing. There's some other stuff behind that as well. 73% of the South Carolina voters said they support a temporary ban on Muslims. There was only one man who talked about that, had the guts to talk about that in that way. When it came to economy, combination 56% of the top issues had to do with the economy. 28% had to do with the economy and jobs specifically, and 27% had to do with government spending. 33% said... When they were asked if it matters if a candidate shared their religious beliefs, 33% said somewhat. So, the message to the Republican Party, they've got such a tin ear as to what the message is to them from the voters. The message from South Carolina is basically the message nationally that's going on. It was the message that was sent to them in 2014. It's that they want a party and they want a leader of the party. To keep us safe and to turn this economy around. We're not one issue voters. And to pander to us as though we are is an insult. And it's just as insulting as the left and Hillary expecting women to vote for her just because she's got some lady parts. Well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to actually talk about the, these topics with, with both sides of the aisle. We've got none other than Tamra Holder, who's going to be here to talk about Hillary and what went down in Nevada, as well as, since she's an attorney, we're going to talk to her about the Apple controversy. And then, a little bit later in the show, we're going to talk to uh, the Hayride blogger, Scott McKay, who I believe is a staunch Cruz supporter. And we're going to ask him, what does Cruz need to do? to turn things around. Hey, this is the Andrea Kay Show. Don't change that dial.
2: Be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E.
1: Want to start living better, longer? LaVita Compounding Pharmacy can help.
2: Man of in full effect.
1: Ooh. One of my favorites. Already. 90s throwback jams. Right here on the Andrea Kay Show. I love that song. That girl is poison. Hey, you know who who some people say is poison, who I actually think is one of the like hottest, most fabulous women in media. That's Tamra Holder. Hey Tamara, welcome back to the show. Oh, what a great intro. <laughs> Well, I think it's pretty great of you to to come back on my show. Um, first of all, before we get into some of like the shenanigans that are going on in politics, uh, Tamara, um, I, th- <laughs> I got to ask you, did you know that you were on uh, Howard Kurtz's show Media Buzz this weekend? I did.
3: Howard is a friend of mine, and he said, you got to watch the show today. I'm sure you're in bed hungover, but you got to turn on the show. <laughs> And I said, "Okay, so I saw, and he said, Just you can sleep in, just make sure you turn it tune in to the end of the show um, so yeah he I, he did a pretty good smackdown. It's nice to have
1: at least one friend in uh in on the other side, I guess, oh my God, you know for those of you who aren't familiar with the story. Tamara went on Maria Bartiromo's show and, uh, you know, Omarosa was on there. Y'all remember Omarosa? Just right now, you're probably asking yourselves, what in the world was Omarosa doing on Maria Bartiromo's show? Okay, that's the first question of the day. Then the second question is why in the world did she start talking about your bazooms on air? Yeah, so, so here's...
3: This is the weirdest thing. So... The, with, to give a little bit of background as well, um, or additional background, she previously said that she was a Hillary supporter, and she had been a, an Obama supporter, very prou- a very proud Democrat, um, and uh, she was interviewed, I don't know what it was, some, some magazine or online magazine, she was interviewed in, in August. And they'd asked her if she, you know, she used to work for the president, is she going to be voting for Trump? And she said, until Trump articulates his positions on Black Lives Matter, uh, the economy issues with, you know, with, with African-Americans, I am with Hillary all the way. OK, right. so fast forward. Now, remember, Trump had announced his presidency earlier in the summer, like June, July or whatever. So. She then goes on to Maria's show, and I try to say to her, which is is the truth, I I say, you know, I I like Trump. I try to support Trump, but I'm having trouble with him not articulating some of his positions. And she said, well, like what? And I said, well, issues that you seem to have a problem with, like Black Lives Matter or whatever. And she went off the rails and said that I – how dare I show up on the show, which was at 830 in the morning – With my boobs hanging out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) First of all, I I saw the clip. It looked like to me, like you were wearing like a pink professional shirt. So, I mean, you you would hear her describe it. Yeah. I mean, she made it sound like you were on there in a string bikini top. It's like, what the heck? Yeah. And my, my closest friends
3: and I, we've been laughing about this all week, sending pictures back and forth to each other because, For people who know me, that was the most conservative outfit I've ever had on in my
1: whole life. (laughs) Um, So, so, okay. Well, it's very bizarre. I think she might be just, like, jealous because she, like, had quite the famous, you know, boob job done recently. Um, You know, I... You know, obviously, I think she might need to reconsider surgery, maybe have a lobotomy next time or whatever. I'm hoping that Maria Bartiromo is going to reconsider, you know, having her back on the show. Because, I mean, clearly, I don't know why this woman would get such a forum. Um, <clears throat> and we've probably given her too much time, but it just has been cracking me up. And people have been telling me that your tweets have just been so funny. So y'all follow yeah. Tamara on Twitter, because if you want to have some laughs. And you are known for being funny. I think one of the things that a lot of people may not know is that you're a stand-up comic. Right? Where can people see you? Yes. So I am a stand-up comic. I've been a
3: student of comedy for forever. I was a, an improv student at Second City, where all of the amazing Saturday Night Live people come mm, out of mm. um, in in Chicago. But I don't work well with others, so so improv was not was not good for me. But I do have the education, and so yeah, now I've been doing stand-up in the city throughout New York City um, for a few years now, and uh, you know it's. Low and 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 steady, but the thing is, is like there's so much anger in America right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all hurting regardless of of our political positions, uh, our, our religion, whatever. And I've just found that comedy helps me cope. Right. <laughs> it's better than it's better than drugs and alcohol, or more drugs and more alcohol. So you know, I just I I, I love it, and people obviously get offended um by even my political jokes, but you know, you know, you
1: gotta laugh. You know, it's like if I couldn't laugh every day, I don't know what I would do. You know, to me laughter truly is um the best medicine, you know. So and um you Chris Hahn's gonna be on the show tomorrow. He's also uh a stand up. I think he's more improv actually in what he does. So I think that it's you've gotta be so brave. To get up on stage and do stand-up. Because to me, there's no way I could do it. I mean, I I can kind of consider myself a brave person. You know, like I took up scuba diving because I was scared of of the water. But there's no way that I could try to do stand-up. So, oh, and by the way, speaking of cocktails, I don't know if you know this, Tamara, but today is National Margarita Day. Margarita Day. Yay, so I might be having one later. But we do kind of get into some serious topics right now because these are kind of serious times. You're right. People are angry. People are scared. They're not sure who to trust. It seems like everybody's lying. Um, and they don't know who's telling the truth and who's not. And everybody's got a record that seems like doesn't really necessarily jive with what they're saying on the campaign trail. What jumps out at you after Nevada and South Carolina on both sides?
3: Well, uh, I, I mean, I think this is the conversation that we've been having for months now about Donald Trump, that he's not going away and he's able to get the support And throughout the country, you know, it's not just it's not just a little a little thing or um, uh, he's not a shit passing in the night. I think that he speaks to America. And that's why so many people are energized. Mm -hmm. That being said, what I had said earlier with my fight with uh, that whack job was that (laughs) I do have it's not even worth saying her name. Um, I, you know, I do have a really big concern with Trump are being able to articulate his position, um, and and that, and that really concerns me. And I, I, I understand the idea of, like, okay, well, he'll put it together later, but, you know, the, the, this idea that you're going to get the best people in the world— um, that's nice, but do they want the job?
1: <laughs> right. Well, I think some people are thinking, well, you know, we're not hearing a whole lot of specifics from anybody else, really. And a lot of times the specifics come later. Um, I think a lot of people are also saying, you know what? I've had a lot of people tell me that the problem, even with a lot of specifics coming from some of these guys, is that the executive only has so much power. A lot of it's, you know, they, they, he doesn't have the power to legislate. So really it's about a leader having an overall vision, um, rather than getting into so much of the nitty gritty. And I've had some people tell me, look, the reason why he, he jumped out first in the lead and the reason why he's maintaining the lead is because some people are actually becoming more of a single, Issue voter from the basis of immigration, and I had one guy tell me, "Look, if, if the uh, he's the only one that I believe is actually going to secure the border, and if nothing else got done, that's my number one." So I think that that's where a lot of people still are with this. They don't they don't trust any of them right now. It's mainly about immigration. I think that's why he even you know dodged some bullets from the Pope because whenever immigration comes up, he's the guy. Seventy three percent out of South Carolina said they're they're on board with a temporary ban on Muslims. And so, to me, you know, I think if Cruz and Rubio want to try to, you know, overtake him, they've got to somehow convince people more uh, where they're at with immigration, and then on the economy. I just think, Tamara, that people are saying right now it's time to trust a businessman versus an attorney. Now you're an attorney, so I hate to be hating on attorneys. No, but no, I think- no, 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 no. But I'm a I'm a businesswoman. I'm a small business attorney. I mean,
3: I'm a small attorney. I'm a small businesswoman who made money practicing law. And so I get it. I, I, I don't I don't trust these politicians. Most of them, they can't run a business. So they just go and knock on doors to, to make money. That's their business of, mm-hmm. of being a politician. They're in the business of politics. Right. So I get it. I mean, I understand what it's like to provide health insurance for my my small business. And every single pen that I buy comes out right. of my account, every piece of paper, my printer goes wrong. The lights, you know, everything. Right. Um, answering the phones. So I understand what that's like, and I don't think that politicians in Washington on both sides know know what that's like. And I and I agree with you. I think that you bring up a good point. It's about it's it's just a matter of now. Okay, forget the plan. The right. plan. All these guys have all these plans online, and none of them have worked. So maybe it's like you said, just having a leader. Who Mm -hmm. says you guys give the plan and I'm going to say yes or no.
1: Right. And I get that. Right. Um, I got to shift gears into this Apple story because, you know, terrorism was the number one issue coming out of South Carolina. And, you know, the politicians can tell us we're safe and that ISIS is just a small group over there across, you know, the pond over there, nothing we need to worry about. But Americans are worried about it. So we have the San Bernardino Terrorist Act happen and this woman studies at this extreme madrasa, comes here on a fiance visa and instead of all the focus being on that right now there's all this pressure on apple on the ceo to create software to allow them to go in and hack that phone a lot of people are saying well wait a second they ought to be able to get into that phone without forcing apple to create software that then makes it to where everybody's phone's You know, get hacked into. So when it's the story first broke, I'm like, okay, simple. No, you don't, you don't do this. You know, Apple's got a good point. They shouldn't be forced to get involved and work on behalf of the government. But then I read today, Tamara, that they'd already handed over in the past dozens of customer information. They cooperated with China in terms of their software. So, I mean, what's the real story on this Apple situation?
3: Well, I think that we don't know the real story because they're going to say one thing and then you hear that there are reports that they've done another. Um, So who knows? I I don't think... It's hard for me to believe that you absolutely cannot get into that phone no way, no how. That being said, to your point about privacy, I understand. I I don't think that any person, any American... I, I am an American first. And my politics and who I vote for... Is, is way down at the bottom of my list of what's important to me. And just for politically speaking, I come from a family of, like, diehard Republicans. But I don't think that that, that matters. If you're an American, you believe in the safety of your family and of your neighbors and of your country. That being said, our Constitution protects our privacy. Not, not, not specifically. There is no right to privacy in the Constitution, but it has been interpreted to include the right to privacy. And as an attorney, I'm looking at this saying, if the government, if the court is going to allow the the uh, you know a private business to break into somebody's phone or create software to allow access into somebody's phone, it is going to happen in in any situation—a divorce, Mm. uh, a Mm. a drug case, all of these things. And so we're talking about privacy, and and we not we can't get our emotions caught up in this because let. Let's talk about the failures. The neighbors failed by not reporting these neighbors. The um, And I'm not blaming anybody, okay? Right. But there were all of these signs. The government failed by not watching them. There were signs. And so you can't blame Apple now because they're not allowing... They're protecting us.
1: Yeah, the the government's privacy issue. Yeah, well, the government's acting like, oh, oh, but for Apple, they'd be able to solve this, you know, and that Apple stands in the way of, you know, know, solving the war on terror. When the reality is, there's a whole lot of different areas that need to be that need to be looked at in terms of investigation from our our visa waiver program to the fact that this guy, Philip Haney, said that he was investigating that mosque and others in terms of individuals that were these people are actually under investigation. Investigation prior and he was pulled off of it, and so to me it just feels as though the government is trying to assert and, and Comey is trying to assert that this is the end-all, be-all in terms of, of every aspect of investigation in the war on terror, and it just seems just a little too convenient for that. So you know, I, I, there's. I, that,
3: go ahead. I just want to. I, sorry to interrupt you. I just I want to point something out that that really that I started to core with me. I tr- come from such a like. Strong, love thy neighbor, love thy family, American background in the middle of nowhere in southeastern Colorado, in La Junta, Colorado. I was born in Rocky Ford, raised in, a, in like an agricultural community. The fact that we don't know our neighbors mm. is just beyond me. If you go back five, six years ago when Jennifer Hudson's mother and sister yeah. were killed by her boyfriend, they they didn't discover the bodies until later, but all of the neighbors heard the shooting and they're like, Oh, you know, it's the ghetto of Chicago. Like we hear shots fired all the time. And now it's like fast forward to these, these, this couple Mm -hmm. doing weird stuff. And the neighbors say, Oh yeah, you know, whatever. Like, right. Why can't we just go back to basic American values of protecting each other? Right. And, and, or if there's something suspicious relying on our police, and, and relying on each other. What what the government is obviously not going to help us all the time.
1: Right. We got We've got to be it, if you see something, say something. And unfortunately, I don't know how you feel about Lynch, but she came out and basically it's it, you, there's almost pressure to not do that, though, because now pe- one of the reasons why the neighbor didn't speak out is for fear of, you know, being accused of being a racist or a hater, you know, against Muslims. And, you know, that that doesn't serve anybody either. You know, because if you see something sketchy going on in your neighborhood, what does it matter? You know what you know what they look like, or where they where they hang out, or what their what their religion is. If you you know when you see something sketchy, don't let political correctness stop you from speaking out. Yeah, I I, I just I don't think that that's
3: that's even proper like a proper argument because here's the thing they. You, if you see something, you call the police. The police aren't going to all of a sudden put you in the newspaper and say, this person is a possibly a racist and hates Muslims because they called about suspicious activity over and over and over again. Like, it doesn't right. even make sense. Right.
1: Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. That is kind of dumb.
3: It's yeah. like how you're afraid of being called a racist by, by whom? Like, Well, Loretta Lynch came out basically.
1: Well, there is a movement. I I think that there are people that when President Obama goes to the U.N. and says the future does not belong to those who would slander the prophet or Loretta Lynch comes out and and, you know, or others come out and say, you know, that they feel sorry for Muslims who, you know, are victims of, you know, profiling or whatever. It does make good hearted Americans second guess themselves if if they see something and want to think twice. I do think that I wouldn't react that way. I'd speak up, you know, but I do think that there are some people that where the political correctness and the shame game, uh, you know, actually works. So um, the final thoughts before I got to let you go, because I held past a break. My engineer's waving as he's going to lose his arm here waving at me. But I, I love you. So I wanted <laughs> no, to keep I you just... on any fine. Oh, we hadn't talked about Hillary or Bernie real quick. What are your thoughts? Like one minute or less? One minute or less.
3: I think Bernie is uh, Bernie and Trump are, are both speaking to the same group of people that we're all upset with politics as usual Hillary is Hillary there's there's no way to defend her I say that she likes she's for clean air uh, clean energy clean water and clean servers that is that's what Hillary's
1: for so you know she's that's she's got awesome. a battle but she's, she has, you know, she has still a lot of support. So well, well, she's got it. she's got the support where it matters, and I think that's the super delegates. She's got five hundred and something delegates right now. Yes. I think she's more worried about attracting the FBI to her than she is worried about attracting delegates because I think she's she's all but got it. So, hey, where can people find out more about you, Miss Tamara Tamera- Tamara? Tamara Tamara I am at Tamara Holder
3: and I am on Insta, on sorry on Twitter and then Tamara underscore Holder on Instagram and that's just like the best way to check me out as well, long as we don't get easily
1: offended no me. never not my peeps now you're also sports court where can people see sports yes, court I have a show I have the only sports show on all Fox News platforms called sports court and um, you can find it at sportscourtmedia.com where we upload all the shows. Awesome. I wished I'd had more time because I was going to ask you about Peyton Manning and all these recent stuff going on with him and some trainer that he sat on her head or something. I don't know. Maybe he I showed it, him, he showed her, her his butt. <laughs> He's being accused of being like a serial head sitter or something. Anyway. Okay. Hey, thanks so much for coming on, Tamara. I appreciate it so much. Have a great day. Lovely lady. Thanks for having me. Right, Have a bye. good day. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to talk to Scott McKay from the Hayride. We're going to talk about Cruz and what he needs to do. Is Cruz sinking? I don't know. We'll talk to Scott when we get back. Stay with us. This is the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer.
2: Want more Andrea Kay? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show. And like her Facebook page at Andrea Kay. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Convenient, home-style recipes, and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego-style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it, too. You're listening to The Andrea k Show on AM 1170, The Answer.
1: Andrea so glad to have you all here with me tonight. Isn't, isn't Tamra Holder lovely? She actually is. You know, I think there's a lot of people out there who kind of have a misunderstanding about who she is. She's actually more conservative, I think, than people perceive her to be. I agree with her on the Apple case, and I agree with her in terms of her perception as to where we're at in the country politically. Um, not sure if this next guest and I are going to agree. It's Scott McKay from the Hayride, and I asked him to come on today because I believe he's a Cruz supporter, if his profile pic on Facebook is any indication. And I'm curious as to why. I've been pondering, and I think I've got some answers, at least in my own mind, my own opinions, if you will, as to why Cruz has faltered a little bit and what I think he should do to try to regain momentum if it's not too late. So on to discuss that with me. It's Scott McKay from the Hayride. Hey, Scott.
0: Hey, how are
1: you? I'm good. Um, you are a Cruz supporter, are you not?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm for Cruz. I mean, I, I, can, I can live with Rubio, but I hate him on immigration, and I really don't like that, you know, he basically carries around the John McCain uh, foreign policy that was such a great success in Libya. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, everybody's got their faults. And other than those two things, I can live with Rubio, um, but Cruz is a superior candidate. Uh, I don't know if he's running a superior campaign right now.
1: Well, how can somebody be a superior candidate if, if they can't run a good campaign?
0: You hire the wrong people to craft your messaging. Mm-hmm.
1: So let's get into messaging a little bit. <clears throat> Um, there's different kinds of messaging. One is the messaging in terms of speeches and how you're, you're um, phrasing and presenting yourself and your thoughts and your ideas and your policies. And the other is in the form of advertisements. And um he's kind of missed the mark, I think, in both, because if you look at the results in South Carolina, well, let me ask you, because I said in the open, I gave some of the stats in terms of exit polls and why people voted the way they did. And my theory is, is that I think he tried to model things in South Carolina like Iowa, kind of took the Christian vote for granted and put too much focus on, you know, I'm a Christian and I'm, you know, pro you know to me the GOP establishment and I think Cruz kind of followed this with the Christians is to assume that you've got their vote if you're the one who is a Christian, goes to church all the time and you say you're pro pro life and anti, you know, planned parenthood and I think he he missed <coughs> some of the other exit polls where it's it was really all about terrorism and the economy down there.
0: Well, um I would say well two things. First, I would say the same thing only I would say it differently, which is um I think Cruz probably didn't take the Christian vote for granted enough. Um, I think he played too heavy on the religious right aspect and, and positioning himself that way. Um, and, and I maybe can talk about that a little bit, um, a little bit uh, more because I'm writing a piece for the American Spectator tonight about that very issue. Um, and, you know, where he's missing out is that, yeah, okay, Ted Cruz is the social conservative guy, and he's a good candidate for evangelicals. But what really makes Ted Cruz the guy I like is that he's the foremost constitutionalist in the race. Ted Cruz is the guy who will actually get the federal government off your back. He will go and shut down government agencies that need to go away. Um, you know, and there's, he- there's really nobody else in the race who. I think, has a a credibility factor when it comes to doing those things. And he's not taking that, you know, for granted or for his advantage in the Republican primary process. That's something I don't understand.
1: Well, and see, that's where um, I'm confused, because when you say that he's good for evangelicals, to me, that assumes that all evangelicals care about is being anti-abortion. They care about somebody who's going to actually do what you just said, and for some reason they don't believe it's him.
0: Well, I and and here's my theory on that, which is, um, and I, I can't cite a particular movie, and I'm racking my brains to come up with it, but there, this plot line, there's at least nine or ten movies out there, which it goes something like this, you know, there's a there's a, a a monastery out in the in the you know the middle of medieval Europe somewhere that's surrounded by bad guys and heathens and all this kind of stuff, and they take in. You know the the the, uh, the fallen man who's a swordsman and a warrior, and he's beat up and they nurse him back to health. And by the end of the movie, he's their protector and he's killing all the bad guys to save the monks. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean that that movie has played out a million times in a million different uh, different formats. Well, that's the Christian right in America right now. Okay, they're finally waking up to two generations of getting beat in the culture, and they're panicked about the fact that. They have basically a minority uh, uh, viewpoint, what with, you know, you you bake a cake for or you don't refuse to bake a cake for a gay couple that wants to get married and they're going to try to put you in jail or shut your business down. And they're panicked. And so they now have lost all confidence that one of theirs can get elected. So a lot of them are going to Trump because he's the swordsman. They want a protector. They don't necessarily want a champion because. They don't think a champion can win. And along comes Cruz and he says, I'm your champion. And they're like, yeah, but you can't win. So we're going to go with Trump because he says he's going to take care of us.
1: Well, right? yeah, well, I'm not and, sure, because when 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 the exit polls in South Carolina asked, you know, if it matters, if the candidate shares your religious beliefs, only 30, 33 percent said eh, somewhat. So I don't really know. Yeah, I, but
0: That's what I'm saying. Right. They, they don't they don't they don't any longer require that the person they vote for actually be a Christian and subscribe to Christian principles.
1: And I think that, you know what, let me interrupt you. Let me interrupt you because, uh, you
0: know, Christians are getting beat up and I need to, we need to protect the Christians right. They're like, that's
1: good enough. But see, that's where, see, we're, we're kind of saying the same thing, but kind of not. Because Cruz should not have taken the Christian vote. He he missed the mark with Christians because he didn't understand what you just said. He thought all he had to yeah. do was talk about his daddy being a preacher and talk about how he's a Christian and put that out front and be anti-abortion and boom, that's all he, and in the, the polls indicate what you just said, which is that's not necessary anymore. And on top of it, as a Christian, don't run ads against somebody that are 20 years old because as a christian i go and speak to people and i testify to people and i'm hoping the whole point is we're hoping to turn people around and to change their minds and to bring them to a place to where they don't believe anymore in partial birth abortion and then you as a christian are going to throw that back in somebody's face and then and then and now he's running bad ads against rubio with his rick tyler guy coming off of iowa in which they did all kinds of shady stuff, and he can't blame that on CNN. They did it themselves. They should have clarified. Well, I,
0: see, I disagree with you on well, that well, here's, well, then I, think, he- I think the whole Ben Carson thing was a total... Um, a, a, a total nothing burger, and Ben Carson has used it as a lifeline for the last three well, weeks. Well, you know
1: what? It worked. He gave that ammunition to Carson. Carson successfully yeah. connected the dots for, 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 for Cruz and said, look, he didn't hold anybody accountable. This is the problem we've got in D.C. Had it ended there... Eh, It would have fizzled out. Nobody would have cared. But then you get into South Carolina and now you've got he's having to apologize to Rubio today because an ad was run where they uh, misquoted Rubio intentionally to make it look as though he said something bad against the Bible. Uh, Yeah, well,
0: you know, I would make some changes after that for sure. Now, some people Uh, are saying that's that's a mistake
1: from strategy. Some people are saying that's a mistake that he shouldn't do that.
0: Now, I, I think you absolutely should do it in the case of Rubio. I don't think you should do it in the case of Carson, because the fact of the matter is Ben Carson is no longer running for president. Ben Carson hasn't been running for president for a long time. What Ben Carson has is a book tour, not a political campaign, okay? Um, and, and needs to be out of the race. I mean, the, 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 the votes that Carson is taking up, or you know, he's he's fueling Donald Trump at this point. He's punishing. He, yeah. that, he's, he needs to get right.
1: out. I agree with you. So, I think he needs to drop out. and I think Kasich uh, needs to drop out as well. I'm not saying that Cruz needed to do that for Carson. I thought it, from a strategy standpoint, he should have done it because now it's kind of sticking on him that he's running a shady that he's pretending to be one thing. He's got these trust head signs up while he's while he's got this campaign crap that and you're the leader. The buck stops with you as your president or running your campaign. And, you know, now people are questioning, can we trust this guy? Because there's more and more and more stories keep coming out of shady stuff going on. And I just think from a strategy standpoint, what I would say to him is, yes, you get rid of people, you, you know, send a message that that doesn't represent you. That's not who you are. You are a man who can be trusted. You are a man of character and integrity. Get that off the table so they he can then go and talk policy because people are starting well, to say Trump is not giving specifics on policy. We just talked to Tamar Holder about that. That's my suggestion to Cruz. What would you well, suggest? And, and,
0: and I, I think that goes with what I'm suggesting, which is that Ted Cruz needs to start running as the constitutionalist. And he needs to start running as the guy who is going to take his knife and start slashing away at the federal government and you know, and do things about it. Now you're, you know, you're. you're a, it's too late to do anything really in Nevada. Although Nevada is a perfect place to go uh, where that's concerned, because you know, eighty-five percent of the land over there is owned by the federal government. And Cruz has already laid the groundwork for that kind of stuff. You know, talking about you need to, you need to start auctioning off this land mm-hmm. because the Bureau of Land Management is crooked and right. you know, it's, it's violating people's rights and all this other kind of stuff that's a great message. I mean when you mm-hmm. you, know, you get to Colorado and you start talking about what the EPA did to that river and you say are you really going to tell me that, that that the EPA protects the environment? Right. People all know that's not true. I'm going to fire everybody at the EPA. Like I'm going to you know we're going to we're going to reorganize that agency under some other portion of the government and we're going to give a lot more power to the states to regulate the
1: environment. And but I think it's a great opportunity. A great message. Right. And that's I think great it is a great message and I also think he's got an opportunity in Nevada, In Nevada. Nevada, I used to live there. I can't call it Nevada. Um, where with immigration, you know, they the left is using Trump's words against him successfully right now. They are legalizing many illegals over there and getting them to vote Democrat specifically to, to, against Trump. He is the strongest in immigration in terms of, he said, you know, seal the border. He's the one who's come out and said cut off entitlements to anybody who's here illegally. He's got an incredible opportunity in Nevada. I don't think it's too late for him in Nevada. I don't think it's too late for him to turn things around in general. I just think he needs to get smarter about it. I think he needs to dump that trusted stuff. Personality is an issue, and I've been for him, and I've been saying it for a while because he comes across as he's, he's so ingrained in terms of What's made him so successful, which is being an attorney and a litigator. And I think that he needs to to figure out a way or bring in some coaches that can teach him to be more conversational and more real and more genuine. Am I wrong? Because I think that will help him with the electability issue.
0: Interestingly, person to person and in small groups, um, he's fabulously talented. His television presence He he comes off as a bit severe, Mm -hmm. okay? And I don't know that he can fix that, but if you're going to be severe, be the severe guy for the right things. Be the severe guy for stuff everybody wants somebody to fight about, right? Right. And when you have Mm -hmm. these polls where it's 75%, 80% of the public says that the federal government is too big, that the federal government is the biggest problem with the economy, right? Like the federal government is is bought and paid for by the, the richest 1% all of that stuff. okay? you've got to be the guy that says, I am going to get these bastards off of your off of your neck. Right. Right. And it's a great way to position against Trump because Trump's the guy that buys the politicians. He makes it out like, you know, like, oh, you know, I'm I'm better than all these politicians because I'm the guy that buys them. Well, if there wasn't a guy like Trump, nobody would be buying politicians. Right. I mean, that doesn't make Trump morally superior to to a a, a politician that has convictions you know if i'm if i'm cruz i'm going to embrace that entire thing i'm going to get the federal government off your back a guy like trump is exactly the he's the problem he's not the solution you know and and you know it, it ties into an entire message that you can bring to the middle class along the lines of what bernie sanders is bringing which is look Yeah, the more government you have, the more rich people are going to rig the government against the middle class. If you get rid of the government, the middle class has room to prosper, right? Mm -hmm, We've seen that happen. Even JFK, when he was president, was a Democrat, and he saw this and cut taxes, and he didn't necessarily get rid of the federal, federal government, but... He lessened the tax burden on regular Americans, and it made it so that more people could go out and make money. Bernie Sanders has exactly the wrong approach to a problem that a lot of people do recognize. And Cruz has already laid the, the groundwork to do some of this, but that message got lost in this narrow casting that he's been doing, trying to, to cement the evangelical vote. Yeah. And like we've talked about, you, know, you need to have a broader message to get the evangelical vote, because they're looking for that swordsman in this movie that I can't name, right? right. <laughs> they're not looking for one of the monks to come out and beat up the bad guys because they don't think that can happen. So right. Cruz has got to become the swordsman and not the monk. Absolutely.
1: And you know what? I think he might he might need to read some of your blog posts and some of your articles. Tell everybody where they can read your stuff, Scott.
0: Thehayride.com.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much, Scott. All right. Take care, uh, Andrea. Happy Happy Margarita Day. All right. <laughs> we're going to take a something. All right, honey. We're going to take a real quick break and we come back we're going to wrap this up. I'm going to shift gears and tell you tell you a little bedtime story. Not a bedtime story, but a story coming out of ESPN. Boy, wait till you hear this. It's the Andre K show on AM 1170 the answer.
2: Be sure to follow Andrea K. on Twitter at Andrea K. Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E.
1: Want to start living better, longer? LaVita Compounding Pharmacy can help
2: you're listening to The Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer.
1: Welcome back to The Andrea K. Show. I am every woman. <laughs> Actually, I'm just one woman here every Monday and Tuesday night at 8 p.m. on AM 1170 KCBQ. Follow me on Twitter at, at Andrea K. Show. I'm on Instagram at Andrea K. Show. I'm on Facebook. My website is com. Hey, earlier in the show, I was talking to Tamara Holder. She's got her show Sports Courts, and you know how much I love sports. And, and you know, I had to take a breather a little bit, cut back from the football because I was getting a little obsessed. I used to start every day on ESPN. I'm glad I don't anymore because you know what ESPN is doing now? All these years later, after President Obama was going to heal the nation's divide of raci- racism, heal the racial divide, ESPN has launched a new website called The Undefeated. A.K.A. Black Grant Land. And it's, you know, it's all about giving some opportunities to a new generation of writers of color, ESPN executives said. Um, separate but equal. This is this is blatant discrimination and racism. He goes on to say that that we're going to they're going to give sports in a way that can be heard in context. What context? So announcing the score of a basketball game is different if it's if it's quoted from a black writer or black journalist. This is absolutely outrageous. And I haven't heard this. I don't even know where I found this article because I'm not seeing this anywhere else. This is this is how far we've sunk. And I really hope that the Republican Party and the candidates start speaking out more against this kind of blatant discriminate and hate coming from the left and coming, quite frankly, from the black community. Whitlock says they're going to promote stories about the criminal justice system. What the heck does that have to do with sports? What are they going to do? Show prison rodeos? You know, right now, the new message from the left and from the black community is that white America is rounding them up and throwing them in prison. I've actually even heard some Republican candidates like Rand Paul talking about how we need social justice reform. You know, there's a problem in the black community with them disproportionately going to prison. And the solution is stop breaking crimes, breaking, you know, committing crimes, breaking laws. You want to talk about you want to talk about truth? Oh, let's have a conversation. That's what this new site is, to create a conversation. No, they don't want a conversation. They want to continue to lecture to us about how they're victims of white America. It's a good thing that's the end music for the show, because I'm just like, so I'm already fired up. We're going to talk more about this tomorrow and other topics right here on The Andrew K Show and AM 1170, The Answer, KCBQ. Hey, yeah, let's have a conversation about this and other topics tomorrow night. I'm Andrea Kay. Thanks for being with me, guys. Have a great night.